Good afternoon, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast. And I'll be talking about a study in contrasts today. I visited some parts of Key West a few days ago and saw the home, the vacation home of uh, former President Harry Truman that he used back in the 50s. And it got me thinking a little bit about contrasts, you know, between leaders of yesteryear and leaders of today and what we can learn about that, what we can conclude from that. Maybe something, maybe nothing. I'll let you be the judge. I will state my observations and you can decide whether you want to read anything into it or whether you think it's just an observation that goes nowhere. That's fine. That's okay. Anyway, I was... um, visiting the the home, the, the vacation home of former President Harry Truman. And, and for those of you who don't know, in a nutshell, former President Harry Truman was uh, President of the United States from Ro- Franklin Roosevelt's death in 1944, I'm sorry, in 1945, I'm sorry, <laughs> up until I think 1953, I'm not sure exactly, but he, he, served out Roosevelt's term, and then he was elected once in his own right. Now, when he actually left office, I'm not sure. It may have been 1953, 1950. Yeah, I think it was 1953. In any case, he had a very, very turbulent presidency, and he needed a way to find, uh, to relax, get away from Washington, do his own thing. And there was a naval base in Key West, Florida, and it had been used on and off with varying degrees of uh, seriousness for a long time. And Truman happened to visit the place, and he liked it so much, he decided to keep going there. It was sort of his version of Camp David, what presidents use now for Camp David. And you can visit this place. You can visit it. It's a very, very modest, modest home. And they give tours. You can walk through it. And I wanted to see it. I wanted to see I've always been an, an admirer of Truman more or less. I mean, he wasn't perfect like all of us, but he certainly was one of the great presidents, in my view. And it's important, I think, to study great men, to study great leaders, to see what were the things that made them great, to see what were the things that made them bad. And by doing that, you can read interpretations of those things into your own life. You can draw conclusions that apply to you now and to you in the future. So I had already seen President Truman's home in Independence, Missouri. Again, a very, very modest home owned by his wife. Believe it or not, Truman actually never, I don't think he ever owned a property. I don't think he ever owned a home in his own name. Everything was either in his wife's name or in the government's name. But in any case, in Key West, they have this house and you can walk through it and you can see the furnishings. You can see where Truman spent his time. You know, they have his poker table there, his his, his kitchen, his living room, his uh, parlors. And the thing that jumps out at you the most when you go through that and you do that, the thing that I kept repeating to myself was, it's just incredible how wealth and power has corrupted our establishment. You know, the United States in the early 50s was the sole remaining world power, but in many ways it had not really yet grown into its role as sort of the world imperial sovereign that it it sees itself as now. And it still retained that 
second-rate or third-rate power mentality. And in many ways, that was a good thing. You know, the arrogance of power, the, the corruption of wealth, these are the themes that really mold our modern political establishment as I see it. These are the evils that, that are the ultimate source for the corruption and the decay that we see around us today and for the failure of the political system to reform itself. And you can just see what the United States used to be like. You can use Truman's home as a, almost as a, as a case study. You know, you walk into the place, he's got a, uh, he's got a, a, a small little card table. His desk, they say that his desk was just, uh, you know, uh, a used desk that had been at the residence before he got there. And I think the Secret Service or the interior decorators offered to upgrade it, offered to give him a more luxurious desk. And he said, why should I do that? He said, this one works just fine. The, uh, the, the, the person who was hired to redecorate the, uh, the Truman house, the tour guide said that they spent a total of $35,000 doing that. And that was in early 50s money. So that was a considerable sum back then. Not a colossal sum, but it was a considerable sum. But when you think of what they did, they really didn't do very much in, in terms of rehabbing the house. They changed a few things here and there. They bought new furniture. Uh, connected some rooms, did some minor adjustments, but on the whole, the place is less than what you'd find in one of today's suburban McMansions. And so you, you walk out of this house and you say to yourself, my God, this was the president, president of this country, who spent a total of six months, not continuously, but all the time that he spent there was like 175 days. He's, I think he visited there 11 different times. And the total amount of time that he spent there added up to about six months, 175 days, 180 days, close enough. And you leave this place with the impression that wealth and power corrupt. Wealth and power corrupt absolutely. And if this happens with something as basic as someone's house, imagine what it does to their minds. You know, and then you get a real idea of why we are in the situation that we are now. What are the root causes of these problems? You know? And this is why character is so important. This is why character is so important. Because when you're surrounded by luxury, ease, and a mentality that nothing really matters, that's going to affect your judgment. That's going to have a poisoning effect on your judgment. And no one knew this better than the old Romans. You know, they may not have been able to practice it any better than anyone else, but I think they at least tried. And at least the exemplar was held up there as an ideal. The exemplar of the, um, the old Roman of the, the early Republic, Incanatus, who basically left power who wanted to do nothing more than just work on a farm, and the virtues extolled by Cato the Elder and Cato the Younger of simplicity, thrift, patriotism, idealism, old school hardcore values. 
I mean, we pay lip service to these things, but do these leaders really practice them? No, not really. Even the ones that say they do don't really practice it. And this really does come down to the heart of the matter. You can't walk the walk unless you actually live it. You know, you can talk about good judgment. You can talk about protecting the people's money, protecting the treasury, protecting the society from conspicuous expenditure or unnecessary expenditure. But if you're saying that and you're living in a Versailles palace, it's not going to resonate. It's not going to work. And that's why I'm very skeptical. No matter what these elected leaders say, no matter what they tell us, I'm very skeptical. And I don't hold out much hope that one president over the next is going to affect any significant change as long as this economic and social reality is in place. They can say whatever they want. Let's see what happens in practice. Let's see what happens in practice. You know, I mean, Truman, for all of his faults, at least had character. He was a guy whose character was molded by experience. He had come from a tough background. He had come from a difficult upbringing. No one really gave him anything. He never went to college. He served in the First World War in combat as a commander, a small unit commander of artillery. And he had to work his way up from there. Sure, he was a machine politician. He was a product of a political machine, but he still had to have some ability to thrive in that environment. It still took something. And when it came time to make the big decisions, he was willing to make the big decisions. He didn't shy away from doing that. He didn't shirk the issue. He didn't pass the buck. He made the decisions he needed to, to make, and he moved on. So this was my observation of, of, uh, of what I saw in Truman's home. I could not fail to draw that stark contrast between the, the values and the character of the presidents of the past to the values and the characters of the presidents of the modern era. And it doesn't really matter whether it's, whether it's Clinton or Bush or Obama or Trump, they all have the same way of looking at the world when it comes to entitlement. You know? I mean, these days, you know, presidents leave office, they have pensions, they have, they have security, permanent security details. They have everything. They're set for life. And the same thing with many of these congressmen and senators. These guys are set for life. Once they get in there, they get their relatives in there. They sponge off the system. They scam off the system. They piggyback. It's the perfect job for a scammer, someone who doesn't want to work for a living. It's the perfect job. And, yeah, I know the world has changed a lot from those days of the 1950s. The world has changed a lot, but you know what? Human nature has not changed. Society has not really changed. The motivations, the thoughts, the aspirations that animate the minds of man has not, have not changed. Those are still the same. So I think we should reflect on this, and I think 
we can never really recover ourselves as a people, as a society, until and unless we embrace the reality that character matters, values matter, behavior matters, and you have to start practicing virtue. Instead of just talking about it, you have to start practicing it. So it's just something to think about. And that's what I wanted to say. For now, I'll sign out at Fortress of the Mind here. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.